What is social leadership and how does it sit alongside formal leadership? Try, learn, try. A willingness to question and the permission to challenge and be challenged is key. One of the statements I'd still stand by is that curiosity is a defining feature of a, a socially dynamic organisation. Hi, my name's Julian Stodd. Welcome to the podcast. In this series of podcasts, I'm taking an article from the blog and adding some extra context around it, as well as sharing how my thinking has changed over time. And today, I want to explore a piece from June 2018, which was about the ecosystem of social learning. Now, I've written quite widely about social learning through various books and uh, courses over the years, the idea that it is a, a, a kind of learning which is partly formal, so there is some kind of structure to it, but where the value comes from socially co-created elements that flow around that. So it's really uh, very much a type of learning which is about sense-making, taking knowledge but finding meaning and doing so within the arms of a community. So social learning is, to a very real extent, collaborative, co-creative so in this piece, that I actually sketched a, a new illustration, just again outlining that core difference between formal learning and social learning. But then I, I shared a reflection on that ecosystem that social learning takes place within. So let me read you a bit of that and then uh, share a few thoughts around it. The idea that social learning is somehow separate from other types of learning is a misnomer. For me, it represents simply the ownership of and engagement with the learning story. Formal learning is a story written by the organisation and distributed to people. It's ideal where you need consistency, conformity, where you're trying to build a codified strength. But it lacks the context of practice, of local understanding, and often has no space for individual interpretation. So within that intro, I've, I've already touched upon, I think I, I wrote some of those words originally back in 2010 or so as the introduction to the social learning uh, guidebook, which is formal learning represents the story written by the organisation, but social learning is the story at least co partly co-written by the learner themselves. And, and I, I've sort of stuck with that language throughout. But the language I've added in here is about codified strength. And the language of codified strength has, has really come into my work from two channels. One is the work with the military looking at the disruption and failure of systems and to understand how strength which is held in assets and formal structures, which is codified, can be very brittle. And also, uh, a second piece of work where I've used that language is around the evolution of knowledge itself, where we've moved out of the age of knowledge, where we codified knowledge, we wrote it down, we captured it and nailed it to a page and put that page in a book in the library, and we established centres of excellence. You know, I, I use that term, you know, I say codified, but really it's often fossilised. So fossilised strength and fossilised knowledge is a feature of older domain-based organisations. It's very strong when you stamp on it, but it's very brittle when you kick it from the side. So um, moving beyond codified strength is where we'll often want to engage with social learning and, of course, social leadership or the notion of a socially dynamic organisation. It's tying into social power, so keeping the very best of that formal codified strength, but building resilience by engaging communities. 
So social learning, by contrast, is a story that's partly written by and contextualised by the community itself. It represents not a codified strength, but a diversified one. It can include formal elements, how we do things around here, but it incorporates social sense-making, this is how I do things around here, and hence builds a shared story. This is how I interpret this thing in my everyday practice, and I hear how you do it too. Now, that might sound really obvious, but at heart, this is the challenge of organisational learning. For, for a long time, we've kind of pushed learning into the system. We've looked at people performing, and we've, we've fallen into this trap of thinking they're performing because that's how we showed them. But of course, what often happens locally, hyper-locally, at a granular level, is people talk to others, they find the shortcuts, they find the efficiencies, they learn how to do it in their own vocabulary, in their own language. And it's our ability to close that gap which is the thing which will unlock the power of social learning. So instead of just saying, I tell you how to do it, do it this way, we say, I tell you how to do it, now learn how to do it even better. And if the organisation acts with a humility, we can say, and please tell us what you learnt while you were doing it. Not so that we can stop you or punish you, but so we collectively can learn from that. Conversations around formal learning will often centre on infrastructure and control, often relating to technology. When considering social learning, we can think more about how we create the conditions for communities to emerge and how we support that sense-making capability. Well, that paragraph comes straight from a question that I'm always asked, which is, you know, where do organisations often go wrong? And they go wrong in predictable ways. The first is they buy a piece of technology to give them a social outcome. So there's plenty of really fantastic social collaborative technologies on the market, but none of them will give you social collaborative learning in and of themselves because social collaboration is a social feature. It's how much individuals trust the groups they're with, trust the organisation, have ownership of the space, have control over the story. So it's easy for organisations to focus on infrastructure and it's often tempting for them to focus on control. But in fact, we have to think about these conditions for community and how we support that sense-making capability. We're very capable individually of doing that. We just need the support to do it. In my own work, I advocate a model of scaffolded social learning, a design methodology where we utilise both formal and social elements and create semi-structured spaces and sense-making communities to help people make the learning journey. Well, that, you know, again, I, I often say if I'm sharing that work is, although I talk about social learning, in reality, what organisations generally mean is semi-formal or semi-social. It's not fully formal, but it's not really fully social either. It does have some structure, some defined limits. So for me, a scaffolded social learning approach is one that lets us have the best of both worlds. We have a, a backbone, a scaffolding of formal structure, um, but we also support and indeed structure some of that co-creative work. Now, if you're interested in that, um, I've published recently the Social Learning Guidebook, which is available free. You can download that. And in line with all the guidebooks, it's about 10,000 words long and it's very practical and applied. So it's just a few tips around you know, how we would do that. Some things are clear. In the social age, the nature of knowledge has evolved. 
the ways we learn are different, and technology has democratised and fully contextualised access to learning. However we choose to react, in our own organisations, I believe that success will lie through creating spaces, opportunities and support for how people really learn, with spaces to invest themselves in the experience, not simply to persist in broadcasting formal models of learning that may look tidy, but don't drive real capability. So in that sort of summary paragraph there, really encouraging organisations to recognise that social learning is, is often very untidy. It's inconvenient, it's untidy, and it tells us truths we'd often rather not hear. It's something we have to earn, we can't demand, and we can't buy it. You can buy the technology, but you can't buy the actual invested behaviour, which is really what we look at. So if we start with the foundations, the nature of knowledge has changed to become increasingly dynamic, co-created and adaptive. And the thing that we're looking for may be facilitated by technology, but can't be guaranteed or demanded through it. And that really is the context of the social age. It's a new space in which we can build an organisation. It's an ecosystem of which social learning is one part, but our challenge is to build a holistic view of learning and to understand how communities form, how learning takes place, how learning moves into action and how we loop that action back into the learning. If we can build that ecosystem approach, then we may well earn and reap the benefits of social learning. Mm -hmm.